Welcome to the Angels Podcast, Neurodivergent Chats, where we chat about life as neurodivergent families. If you have any topics you'd like us to discuss or any questions, please email us at podcast at angelsupportgroup.org.uk. We'd love to hear from you. Welcome to Angels Neurodivergent Chats. I'm Judith and I'm here with Penny and Lisa and we thought it might be helpful to have a bit of a discussion about visual supports or visual aids. We um, talk about them quite often um, yeah. with regard to supporting our children and they can be really, really helpful. So but there's a range of them, isn't yeah. there? We thought it might be worth having a little conversation about what you might like to use. Yeah, I mean, for me, visuals... Uh, other thing more than I mean there isn't such a thing as a magic wand with autism and ADHD <laughs> no. but visuals and trampolines for me are the things that make the, the social most stories that would be my yeah. yeah yeah they're yeah. the things that it, it was and yes. it's almost magical yeah. in some situations the way that they help absolutely um, essentially whether your child's autistic or whether they've got ADHD visuals are a real help because none of our children, some of the things our children struggle with are re remembering mm -hmm. stuff and understanding processing. spoken, processing yeah. spoken word. And so when we give them spoken instructions or, or tell them things, um, they can't necessarily get the understanding they need from that or necessarily remember what we've said. Exactly. And so in both of those situations, visuals can really help. They're an opportunity for them to go back to it. So they might yeah. remember some of it, but not all of it, or they might, it just, it's a prompt, isn't it? And yeah. also with, with children with PDA or, or traits of that, you know, it's another way without it, it's a less obvious demand. Yeah, that might it's be not as not direct as a demand. demand. Yeah. 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 So they are, they are, and I would agree, Lisa, in terms of that, kind of magical element to them. I haven't quite thought of it like that before, but they, you know, oh, they can turn a situation that really, that, I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? If the child is not understanding what is expected of them or what they're, where they're going or what they're supposed to be doing or whatever, to give them something that aids that understanding yeah. makes a difference yeah. to them. And I think whenever, you, whenever you've got, you find yourself in a situation where you are repeating something to your child over and over and over again, mm visual support is what you need yeah exactly what it is just stop doing what you're doing and mm. think hang on I, I'm, I'm driving myself i'm going horse here repeating myself mm. it's because you're not they're not understanding it or they're not re mm. re they're retaining that information what you need is a visual a lot of the time it's the retaining isn't it yeah. remembering i mean a lot of the visuals i used when my son was young was um things like using an indoor voice in the house so like we had a visual that showed the different levels of voices and each room would say indoor voice so that when he was in that room he wasn't shouting at because he shouts all the time and even now he does and yeah. i always say to him that indoor, indoor voice indoor voice and he's like i'm not shouting yes yes you are you don't realize you are he doesn't yeah, realize the levels so that and and, a, and the one that works the best for us was playing with footballs because he was obsessed with footballs playing with footballs in the garden he would always try and kick them in the house so when i put a visual up that said footballs are a garden toy we play with footballs in the garden they, they, we don't play with footballs in the house it was like magic yeah didn't kick footballs in the house anymore yeah. so it is about 
Yeah. Like, those things, they don't retain, because he wouldn't remember not to kick the football in the house. Yeah. So you just have to keep on saying yeah. it, and you think, hang on a minute, this isn't working. Yeah, and I suppose we probably need to say what we mean by a visual. Yes, we should, because there's very yeah. difference. Yeah, we yeah. should. And I mean, quite often, you can, it can be anything. So visual can, can be anything from a text message or a post-it note or a list to something that's produced with symbols on it, like widget um, yeah, yeah. or um, like the communicate in print that yeah. they often use in schools um, to something um, like uh, called like we sometimes call power cards where you've got a message and a and a picture Chapter. of somebody that yeah. draws their attention. So we used to have um, like a picture of <laughs> we used to have a picture of Thomas the Tank Engine above the sink in our bathroom that said all engines must wash down daily because that was the only that and that miraculously got my son to allow us to give him a shower or a bath on a regular basis because mm. <laughs> otherwise he, he would be using it. his thing of interest yeah. and making yeah. sure he uh, yeah. yeah we used luke skywalker to make him turn off the lights yeah in the luke house. skywalker yeah. says Remember. when you leave the room turn off the light yeah yeah and you stuck that didn't you next, next, to, the next light to the light switch, switch. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, often so you, you've got to think about what level your child is going to be able to yeah. engage with this. So the starting point is often an actual photograph of whatever it is. If it's, mm. for instance, I mean one of the uh, times when you might use um, visuals is to ask to get them to do something. So the thing, as you say, Lisa, that you're often repeating, put your shoes on, put your coat on. You can provide that as a series of photographs, stroke instructions, so that then it could be the photograph of the coat or the photograph. Uh, or you can do the line drawings, which is yeah, the, yeah. So there is it's a like range. A prompt, isn't it? it is yeah, a prompt. It's a prompt. Yeah, and I mean, I used to use them a lot when my eldest was very young. So he he's got learning disabilities as well. Didn't have much speech to explain what was happening. So you can also use, and often schools will do this when they'll have what they call a visual timetable. Yeah, they'll have something that they call a now and next board, which is essentially a visual of what we're doing now and then what we're going to do afterwards. Mm because our children need to know our children can cope better if they know what to expect coming up yeah and and they don't necessarily understand so if, if I said if I was to say to my son when he was little if I was say right we're going we're going shopping he would have a massive meltdown mm -hmm. wouldn't be able to get him to do it I would end up having to carry him it would be really stressful and distressing for both of us and that would carry on for possibly hours of him not cooperating um because essentially what I've, I've said to him is we're going shopping. He doesn't process that. He doesn't know that we're coming back. He doesn't know what that's going to involve. He, you know, if I said it's equivalent of me saying to him, we're going to go and live in Sainsbury's now forever. Yeah. And he would respond appropriately, yeah. <laughs> essentially. But I used to do a thing that, like, um, he used to be really into Dora the Explorer with the map. So I used to do, I used to draw a little map that said, first we're going to Sainsbury's, then you can buy a comic or we're going to the park or whatever, and then we're going to McDonald's and then we'd come home or something like that. So yeah. there were things in there that he wanted to do and it would be visual so we could take it with us, you know, and and um, he could carry it around with him so we could keep checking it so I didn't have to keep repeating what we were doing. Yeah. And he would know, you know, what what was what was coming up. Yeah. Um, you can use them as well to explain situations. Yeah. Can't you? Yeah. 
um, they're yeah. just pretty much used for anything that they're not really either understanding or they're forgetting a lot. Yeah, really. I mean, I've used various different ones over the years. So we, I think the first one I started with was when he was really little was red crosses and green ticks on yeah. things that he could touch or couldn't touch. So like, cause he used to love emptying all the cupboards in the kitchen and it was a nightmare because literally everything would get broken or it would be out or whatever. So I made a cupboard for him in the kitchen with stuff he could get out and put a green tick on it. And then every other cupboard, I put a red cross on. Yeah. And that really helped initially to stop him going in those cupboards with yeah. the breakable stuff. And obviously, I moved really delicate stuff up. But we didn't have very many top cupboards. Then we only had bottom cupboards. Um, and then after that, I did him a visual that had the stages of getting dressed. So I had all the pictures yeah, of his clothes, clothing. So he would like know which order to put his clothes on and then he'd put the picture in a little pot and at the end was a picture of a chocolate button that he would bring me and he would be completely dressed so he would get a chocolate button. And that's part of that touches on the exchange mechanism. Yeah, that, that yeah. When, if you've ever heard that about That worked pets, really well. Yeah. And the idea that you, yeah, exactly, that you pass something over and get something back, so that two-way element. Of it, but and just to describe that a little bit, Penny, because um, we're standing here using our hands, but clearly we can't see that. <laughs> um, that it would be potentially a you know a, a strip with little Velcro bits yeah, on it, yeah. and you've got your small pictures of the shoes, Jeez. the socks, the whatever. Yeah, um, and they're all they could be Velcroed on, and then you can pull them off as you do them and put it yeah, into your child yeah. and take it off. So that's that's the way of making it a little bit more interactive yeah. and, and supporting and, and, it, and it's basically supporting their independence isn't it yeah. because because rather than you having to stand there saying or physically doing it with them put your socks on put your trousers yeah. on all the rest yeah. of it you you essentially you'll be probably doing that at some point yeah. but you can move them on to being able to use a little chart that helps them to do it on their own and it's building their independence and and their self-esteem and they can do that sort of thing so i think i started it when he i was still helping him get dressed it was a nightmare every day and so i think we started by him bringing me the item that was next and then i would put it on him yeah so that event and then gradually after quite a few weeks i mean i think we only used it for about six months because by the end of that he had mastered getting dressed and didn't need yeah. that anymore um but yeah, initially it was he would bring me he would bring me the item of clothing that was yeah, yeah. needed to be put on and then I would put it on him and he would get the next bit. So that would teach him the sequence and then he was able to move on to do it himself once he was ready yeah. to learn to dress himself. And I mean schools will often use them for yes. our children yep. as a visual timetable of what's gonna happen that day and they're really helpful at helping children's anxiety reduce because they know what to expect they know what's next they know what is expected of them and they know when the day's going to end as well yeah and when the next break is and all of that but they've got so many uses at home um mm -hmm. and i mean i'm just so just like thinking of my favorite example that was the one that was the magic one for us was my son used to my younger son used to really struggle with getting out of the house in the morning for school and it was mainly around, he hated wearing coats. So many of our, and I hear this all the time, so many yeah. of our kids really struggle with coats. And it's a sensory thing because they feel so enclosing. Um, 
he hated wearing the coats. They were he had a lot of issues and sensory issues around various different bits of clothing, and his whole and and so looking back now, I know that he had a lot of anxiety over whether or not he had to wear a coat that day, right. or what he had to wear. Did he have to wear a hat, which he also hated, or or could he go in in just his jumper or whatever? And he had. For him, because he didn't understand the whole thing about weather, really, mm. or time of year or anything like that, he, he, to him, every morning, it was a horrible unknown that was facing him Whether as, as about, coat on. yeah, was I going to say you need to wear a coat today or was I not? Mm. <laughs> and so consequently, his anxiety was through the roof and his stress levels were through the roof and his behaviour would reflect that. Yeah. He'd be really stressed. And every day it was a complete nightmare. And I think it came to a head when I, one day, and Penny will remember this incident, I locked myself out of the house because it had been so stressful that I'd gone out without the keys. And Penny had to come home and help me get through the bathroom window. <laughs> That's the <laughs> so consequence of not using a visual. Yes, so that was how bad it was. <laughs> that I locked myself into such a state that I would go out without the keys. I think it might have even happened more than once. It did happen more than once. I yeah. think at least three occasions, I can remember. <laughs> Not that Lisa, Lisa texted me, I've locked myself out again. Because it was just help. such a nightmare yeah. in the morning. So that's the level of stress we were at. Um, anyway, then I came up with the idea of doing a visual that basically was like a little chart. And it had, it had the months of the year on it. So the 12 months of the year. And then it had four different kinds of weather. So it was like sunny, raining. Um, oh, snowing. snowing and I don't know just sort of like grey it might have been three types of weather I've got it somewhere at home I'll have to dig it out um, and and essentially I put a little picture mm. against each of the box in each of the boxes so if it was January mm. and it and it was and it was um, snowing you had to wear a coat with hat and gloves if it was June, and obviously it's not likely to be snowing, if it was June and it was sunny, then you didn't have to wear a coat. And then the various bits in between. So if it was sort of like April and it was raining, you needed to wear a, a, a like jacket. I think I've got little pictures, but you didn't need to wear a big coat with hand yeah. gloves. So he could see on this chart mm. what the expectation was before we even got there. Yeah. And the thing about it was magic was he'd go, he'd get all stressed and he'd go, do I have to wear a coat today? And I'd say, look at the chart rather yeah. than tell him. So then there was, he's, he's a little bit PDA as well. So quite, could get quite demandable in particular when he was anxious about something. He would go to the chart and he would check it and he'd be like, what's the weather like? And I'd say, oh, it's weird, it's raining today or it's sunny. So like in winter, if it's sunny, you still have to wear a coat, but you don't have to wear a big coat and all the stuff um and he and he'd just accept what it was mm. and put the coat on or whatever it was yeah. and go and it because it it made it very clear to him and it took the expectation out of him at it, the uncertainty out of it for him and of course you know you know what weather's like in britain it doesn't fit into those categories Changes. necessarily and I, but I would have to go with what the chart said. So I might be thinking, oh, actually, today you probably should wear a coat. This is a little bit, little bit iffy, and we're in October sort of thing. But if the chart didn't say big coat, it wasn't a big coat day. That was that, and yeah. I had to go with it. But it made such a difference. It was unbelievable. It was like overnight, all of that stress yeah. and anxiety had gone because he had found a way to manage that issue. Yeah. Absolutely, that and that just that shows the impact on our children of unpredictability, yeah. of them not knowing 
the next things that are going on and yeah. not knowing what is expected of them. Because it's massive, isn't it? It yes. is completely disabling yeah. to it not is. understand and I mean, expectations. Before we had the visual, we, I didn't even really understand fully how big an issue it was yeah. for him. And the fact that the visual helped so much made me realise just how stressful it was yeah, in absolutely. not knowing. And yeah. that's us looking at his behaviour and recognising that he was, his behaviour was his communication, wasn't it? Yeah. How difficult yeah. he was finding that. And now, and so I get that, that that can be quite revolutionary, can't it? Yeah. yeah. I think it was the fact that Lisa kept getting locked out that really, <laughs> yeah, that really stressed her out. Yeah. And that was, that made such a difference. I mean, I'm not saying it made mornings like a piece of cake. No, but it made really a difference. Yeah. It did make a huge difference and it did really help. Yeah. I think all, you know, we've had visuals that have really been useful for us. Mm. Like yeah. helping, I've, I've had visuals that have helped with night time. Because yeah. he yeah. gets so stressed at night, um, uh, uh, and the clock one was a really good because going to bed was always a fight, and I made a visual that was a picture of a clock and the hand set at a set time, and it said when the clock looks like this, it's bedtime, mm. and that he never argued with. He just would go up to bed. He yeah. wouldn't be able to go yeah. to sleep. No, but he would happily. Was, and I yeah. had other visuals I used. So we had lots of issues when he used to play online. Other kids were awful to him and get him into a lot of trouble. And he got banned. And I had to work with Sony to unban him. Um, I put a list of what you could and couldn't do yeah. when you were online on the side of the TV. Mm -hmm. So we had mm -hmm. things not to say or do in red and things you could say and do in green. Mm -hmm. And that, that solved yeah, so many issues. Brilliant. And actually, he still follows a lot of that, even now. Yeah. He says, I can't tell them this, can I, Mum? And I'm <laughs> like, no, you can't. And that's right. And, and, and the real key point there is the visuals need to be at the point physically with them at the point they need to know whatever yeah. it is they need to yeah. know. Or need to understand whatever it is they need to understand there's no point so sometimes we get fine scenarios for instance maybe at school where there might be a visual timetable but it's not accessible to the child or yeah. they change something's changed, changed and the visual yeah. timetable isn't changed if you're going to use these you've got to you use have them to follow them appropriately exactly. and right just as you said then when it was october and it was said it was a code day that's it it's a code day yeah so you know we are providing these structures so let's use them let's use them well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you do because because and like you don't have to be. I mean, I am the world's most least creative and artistic person. Absolutely cannot do anything like that. A lot of my visuals were stick drawings with words underneath, yeah. or you know, just or or pictures I found online that I stuck onto something. Mm. But for me, the fit the piece of equipment that you need more than anything else is a laminator. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. cost about. 10, 15 quid. They're a bit dearer now. I think they're yeah. around 20, 25, but they're not massively expensive. They are worth their weight in they gold are because essentially yeah. you make the visual because you because the point of the visual is it's something that's that lasts and that's permanent. And if you laminate it, then it will last. Yeah. They can't really tear it up. They they cut it with scissors, but they can't like rip it down or or and no, like it's, that. it's fairly indestructible, yeah. fairly and, indestructible. And, it, and, you know, it doesn't get soggy and that sort no. of stuff. Yeah. If they're ones that are in the bathroom or whatever. So we used to have, we, in fact, we probably still have got one above the toilet that says, remember to flush. Yeah. Stuff like that. You can use them for, we used to have one above the front door that was actually for my husband that said, have you got your keys and your phone? 
<laughs> Before we went out. Yeah. Never used to live here. Yeah. <laughs> was there nonetheless? And it could um, be the level of sophistication, clearly, that that child needs. It needs to be at the level that needs. Yeah. Quite a few instructions yeah. on there. And of course, you can have the word. So don't, I would also say, don't feel that this disables them in terms of their verbal yeah. Uh, yeah. comprehension or expression. It supplements and it won't stop them being able to talk, it's using it in conjunction with, yeah, um, and it doesn't stop their comprehension, um, but it, it's making it accessible to them at the level that they can understand and at the level that works for them. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, so exactly that. And as they get older as well, you, you, they don't have to be pictures or anything. You can, you, start, you can start to use things on their phone instead. Yeah. yeah. Um, because the phone is is also like a visual thing. And there's lots of apps available yeah. for stuff that you might need. The other thing I was going to say is about comic strip conversation is a really good tool yes. that's done visually to discuss an incident or a situation that there's been some misunderstanding or been a difficulty with and it's not used enough. And actually it works really, really well because... Yeah. It helps you to understand how they think and it helps them, it helps you to talk to them about how other people might think. So it can really diffuse situations or enlighten you as to why something might have happened. So that's another really yeah, really need to that a little bit. Yeah. I'm not sure if we Well have... I'm thinking I'm thinking probably could do another podcast on that. <laughs> on that and social stories, can yeah. we? Yeah, explaining right. what they are and how they yeah. work. They are very linked to they are. visuals. Yeah. They, they are a visual, visual way yeah. of, of dealing yeah. with things. So they're another tools that you yeah. can use to really support young children, yeah. or any child really, even mm. adults. I mean, even if it's just something like a post-it note. So like yeah. if you if you you've asked them to go upstairs and do something, give them a post-it note with it written on it because when they get to the top. So you've asked them to go upstairs and, and get a pair of socks out of the drawer and then you find them 20 minutes later playing with Lego and they sign up the socks and it's because they got up there and they'd forgotten what you asked for. And they saw the Lego. And, and then they saw the Lego and they thought, oh, yeah, maybe that's what I was supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be playing the Lego. But if you can even just write on a post-it note, get some socks, then when they get to the top of the stairs and they think, well, what is it I've come up here for again? Yeah, yeah. They can look at the post-it note and see it. Um, and it's that sort of thing. I mean, obviously, we, you know, you know, I have that feeling all the time. You go into a room and think, what have I come in here for? And it's that. <laughs> I'll get you some post-it notes. Yeah. <laughs> what is it I'm supposed to be doing here? Yeah. And it's that, it's just that aid to memory, really, because yeah. they're not, they can't necessarily remember Certainly um, not if they've got ADHD, they'll completely forget what you've asked within seconds of asking it. Yeah. And you often have to repeat it. <laughs> and if you do have to repeat it, you need to repeat it exactly as you said it the first time. Because if you change anything, then they, you've, they've got to reprocess yeah, from the beginning. Yeah. So they never actually carry out what you're asking because you're saying it differently and they're not processing any of it. They're just standing there thinking, yeah. I don't understand exactly. what you're asking. Exactly, and then you get into this, ways. you're just nagging me, leave me alone. Exactly. So it's like blah, blah, blah yeah. going on, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So it's about, to save you having to say it ten times in exactly yeah. the same way, it's give a them gen- a visual. A general rule, isn't it, is if you find yourself yeah. repeating yourself and nagging over and over again, mm. then you could a visual, visual help. Yeah. Could a visual help with this instant, whether yeah. that is... 
you text it to them or whether it is you give yeah. them a post-it or you give them a picture of the thing that you want yeah. so they've still got that visual. Or they go back to whatever the timetable or the schedule looks like that's yeah. on the bedroom wall or the front door yeah. or whatever. So, so yeah. So really, it, it can cover so many different things. It's just reminding us that we don't need to communicate verbally all the time or we no. might still want to do that but we have to be aware that that is not received yeah um, and actually it might not be the most we... effective way of yeah. communicating yeah yeah using visuals might be more effective yeah yeah definitely another another good one we had was um the one that joe my son had on his um on his locker at school um, it right. was when he was at primary school he's sort of like his I don't know it was like a locker or a drawer with all his stuff in that basically and they supported him to look at it at home time every day and it basically said on it all the things he had to take home on every day because yeah. he never brought anything home and I would go into school at the end of the school year and look at his drawer and there'd be like 16 head injury notes never seen and, and things that you know yeah. lunch boxes with full three old food yeah. and oh you know so because he would never he would forget to bring them home he could that that level of organization was beyond him mm. but having a visual that said have you got your homework have you got your lunch box have you got your bag have you got any letters for mum and they were all on this visual that he checked every day and then he was able to make sure he'd got it all before yeah. he came home. And, and then what the helped. teacher needs to do, rather than say to him and verbalise all of yeah. that, all the teacher needs to say so is check your checklist. Check your, your checklist. checklist. Yeah, have That's you looked at your checklist? Thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's all there. So, I mean, it's super logical, isn't it, really? And this is not rocket science, but the point of it is it can be quite dramatic in its effect. Yeah. And as, it, as we said, it yeah. just reinforces that actually we realise that they're not able to process or hold that information or whatever um, in the same way as you might be expecting and therefore let's get it down visually and we take the stress out of it and the heat out of yeah. it and allow them to be independent and do what they're capable of doing. Yeah. And feel good about that. Yeah, yeah. So We're yeah, all like about building their magic. self esteem. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They are a bit like magic, yeah. Yeah. Which is lovely. There's not many things. No, <laughs> where you can wave a bit of a wand. So Brilliant. Well, I think we'll we'll wrap that one up. I think we will do another podcast specifically oh, about social stories, stories and comic strip, and comic strip yeah, conversations. They're such a good tool, and they take a little bit of explaining. Yeah, they do, particularly, yeah. don't they? So um, we'll do that for another one. But thank you for joining us today, and uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Angels Neurodiversity Chat podcast. We hope you have enjoyed them. If you have any topics you would like us to cover in our podcast, then please email us at podcast at angelsupportgroup.org.uk. We are taking a break for the Christmas period and we will return with a new podcast on January the 8th. We wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.